You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk podcast. I'm Jason. This is Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today where we'll start with our thoughts on the NBA season thus far, and then we'll go into a little bit more in particular about our Milwaukee Bucks, and then we have a great trading card scenario for you on the show. So Danny, what are your thoughts on the NBA season so far? With the season so far, a couple surprises are the Lakers being seven and one. I thought they would struggle a little bit more, you know, working together. Rondo's out. Kuzma just came back. But so far, they've looked really good. Uh, so that's been a surprise to me. One team that has been playing, and I, we kind of talked about this in the last podcast, that's been playing really well are the Miami Heat. Uh, I know they lost last night to the Lakers, but they're playing really well. And all the role players, like none, Derek Jones Jr., Miles Leonard, Hero, you know, being a rookie, they and now Jimmy Butler's back. They're playing really well. We also have the Celtics, who look pretty good so far with Kemba getting him involved. A couple teams of note that aren't doing so hot are the Nets. At the beginning of the season, the whole Kyrie and how is he feeling mentally and getting with the team and I think that's one of the teams I was worried about putting up in that top four just due to how Kyrie would play with that team knowing they're similar to Boston those are a couple initial thoughts we can go deeper Jason but I'll give you the opportunity to go ahead and speak on a couple teams yourself yeah I have to uh, you know just piggyback off of what you said about uh, the leg show here their defensive rating is top notch in the league right now Uh, I remember seeing uh, watching one of the games and they highlighted LeBron actually playing some hellified defense, uh, <laughs> closing in on the three-point shots, things of that nature. And listen, LeBron is is a f- phenomenal athlete. Uh, you know this, man. Uh, my all-time favorite basketball player is Magic Johnson. Uh, but what LeBron is doing right now is familiar to what Magic is has done. I mean, just the, the way he's passing the ball, the way he's uh, doing the assist, the pick and roll action between him and uh, AD is absolutely phenomenal. Something that is familiar to that of Magic and Kareem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, granted, Kareem ultimately had a sky hook and everything. But the point is, I mean, the passes that LeBron is doing and his emphasis on getting people involved and and all, and he's playing defense. I think by them, by him not actually playing the entire season last year has done wonders for his body. And then, all, oh, by the way, all of the uh, shade that was thrown his way uh, throughout the course of time that he was out uh, last year, uh, I think he's on a mission. He's on a mission. So I think the surprise is the defense that – uh, LeBron specifically is playing, in my opinion. Uh, Frank Vogel, who, former Pacers coach and Orlando Magic's coach, he prided himself on defense. 
defensive strategy that the Lakers uh, have right now is is very familiar to that of, of what we've seen uh, with Frank Vogel uh, with with the Pacers and all. Uh, so I have to give uh, the Lake Show um, some some kudos and some props there. The other, I would say, the other surprise, uh, the Miami Heat. I have to agree with you, man. I did not see this coming from the Miami Heat. You called it in one of our previous uh, podcasts, not prediction podcast. You called it. I wasn't looking at no Miami Heat. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was going to be, you know, a, truly a gritty team uh, coming on the backside of, you know, the seedings. But lo and behold, here they are at the forefront. So uh, I have to agree with you on the Miami Heat. Uh, Phoenix Suns, you called this as well, man. And I got to give you prop. Uh, Phoenix Suns, man, they, they actually look really good. When they get eight and back and everything, I think they're going to really surprise a lot of teams and coaching matters. Coaching matters big time. So luckily I have a uh, an app that allows me to watch multiple games, watch uh basically a league pass and I'm I'm able to watch, you know, multiple games um throughout the course of the week. I've actually tuned into the Phoenix Suns and I'm pleasantly surprised at how entertaining that they actually are. Um, so yeah, watch out for, uh, the Phoenix Suns. I, I agree with you on that. So those would be my, my, my initial thoughts on the surprises of the NBA season thus far. One other one I wanted to mention too, that's shocking to me right now are the Portland Trailblazers. Right now they're at the bottom of the conference, but I'm assuming they'll turn it around. It's only nine, we're only nine, 10 games in. But just seeing them at the bottom of the conference is, is shocking to me. We'll see. Give them some time. It's going to be close all the way through. But you don't want to dig yourself too deep of a hole starting at the bottom of like this. The Rockets yeah. were able to do it last year where they started off slow and turned it around. And obviously we saw what they did. But Yeah, that's true. Trailblazers, one of the teams that will be top four for sure. And I would say to add on to the Blazers, listen, Dame Dollar just had, what, 62 62- uh, the other night um, in the loss um, that was actually last night. I don't know, man. I think it may be time for them to look into trading McCollum. They they need another piece, man. I mean, there's just something not right. Yes, we're early. At the same token, I mean, their their team hasn't changed a whole lot. I mean, other maybe than it's, maybe it's Whiteside that's bringing them down. <laughs> I was going to say the only thing they really added was Whiteside. And he's on a contract year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that I put it like this: they're nine games in. The thought is that for those teams that basically had a team from last year that hasn't changed, you should really be uh, getting these wins now before everybody else catches catches up. Because once everybody it. catches up, then that's that's when you know the, the playing field is going to be really leveled at that point in time. So what's not leveled are those uh, veteran teams that have been together for a good portion of time. Mm-hmm. Get your wins now because they may not be there later on in the season. Uh, that's why I'm thinking. I, I think something they may be in trouble to the point where I can see a trade happening, a major trade happening uh, before the trade deadline. I don't know. Something's going to have to happen with the Blazers. Uh, I just don't see them. Um, yes, they went to the conference finals against the Warriors last year. Uh, but at this rate, like you said, they're at the bottom of the conference. So uh, they're going to have to make some kind of changes there. Yeah, I agree with that. Something, yeah, something doesn't smell right there. We'll see. Yep, yep.
So now let's let's go uh, to the next segment here, and let's specifically talk about our Milwaukee Bucks, uh, and where as of right now we're nine games in. They are six and three, uh, and where they have played six games on the road. They are again six and three with obviously new pieces that they're trying to uh, make sure that they're functioning right. They're trying to incorporate same philosophy, same offensive philosophy, same defensive philosophy from what I have. Uh, seen so far uh, let it fly uh, that has been the philosophy but it's just so, I don't know man it just seems it feels and see it seems like there's something missing from the Bucks. I, I don't know if it's just the fact that Brogdon is no longer there it seems like we have a rotation between uh, Wesley Matthews Dante DiMincenzo Sterling Brown at times Pat Connington uh, at times, trying to fill the void of um, not having Brogdon there. Um, those individuals are all 6'4", 6'5". Brogdon was a 6'5 guard uh, with handles. And it just seems, it feels like something is missing from the Milwaukee Bucks. What are your thoughts, Danny? Yeah, I think so too. But a lot of, if you look at last year and this year, there are a lot of similarities where they get up on teams and then they, well, for whatever reason, let their foot off the gas and let these teams come back and beat them. Because honestly, they should only have one loss. And that was the loss last night to Utah. But they should have beat Boston and they should have beat the Heat Agreed. a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. when they're destroying them. And all of a sudden you turn mm-hmm. around and they're in overtime. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things that I think are problem areas for them right now from last year as well is free throw shooting. Yep. Silly mistakes. One was broadcasted all over the internet with Bledsoe. <laughs> but I'm not. Bledsoe, I'm not what you doing, Bledsoe? <laughs> For those who did not see the play, the referee handed Bledsoe the ball to inbound the ball, and he just took it and started dribbling in. Obviously, that's a turnover. Stuff like that where sometimes you wonder, are they bored already at times because they're blowing some of these teams out where they get complacent. And they had this last year where they had some of those games where it's like, how'd you lose to them? You were up 20 at half. That and then just the rotation, too, where some of the younger players aren't playing as much. So I don't know if Coach Buzz trying to to have Wesley Matthews, Robin Lopez get more minutes just to get acclimated. And then he's going to switch something in December time frame. But I think some of the younger players, like a DJ Wilson, which you'll probably hit on, they need more minutes. Just to end, Giannis needs rest. So he needs... (laughs) To also balance that as well because he played over the summer along with Middleton. Yeah, and not and just uh let's look at it here. So Chris Middleton right now, he's averaging nineteen point four points a game. Uh last year, uh averaged eighteen point three points a game. Uh so he's a, a point higher there. And looking at his minutes on average, I mean it's pretty much the same. This year so far, thirty one point seven minutes per game last year 31.1 minutes per game the thing that i really find uh interesting though is that when he came off of the torn hamstring injury back in 2016 in 2017 he actually played 36.4 minutes per game and averaged 20.1 points a game and so he is averaging 
five minutes less over the past two years than uh, when he was coming off of the torn hamstring. I don't know. I'm thinking that Chris may need may, may need a, a, at least a couple more minutes there um, just to kind of get some consistency. At the same token, if he gets a couple more minutes, that may take minutes away from DiVincenzo, may take minutes away from Sterling Brown, or I don't know. I just think that we're nine games in. I think Coach Bud is going to make some adjustments to just kind of seeing how things really kind of play out here. Uh, let's go to Wesley Matthews, who is a starter here. I mean, nine games in, obviously. Uh, he's averaging 23.3 minutes per game, averaging 6.4 points a game. So uh, in last year with the Pacers, he played 31 minutes a game. So that's, excuse me, eight minutes less uh, this year than the previous year. So I think it's a matter of trying to fit in Wesley Matthews uh, into the whole scheme of things here. And then adding the likes of DiVincenzo and also uh, Pat Connington, who uh, I did mention. Uh, Pat Connington is averaging four minutes less this year than he did last year. I think they're trying to figure it out. Yep. I, I really do. At the same token, uh, Coach Bud, listen, and I said this in another podcast, I think one of the biggest mistakes uh, in that, Eastern Conference Finals last year was not playing DJ Wilson at all. Really believe that DJ Wilson is uh, the most athletic big that we have, other than obviously Giannis and, and all. But when you think about athletic bigs on our teams, I mean, on our team, Robin or excuse me, Brooke Lopez, huge uh, individual, seven foot, not as athletic as uh, DJ Wilson. Uh, Robin Lopez, his brother, not as athletic as DJ Wilson. Agree with that. So we need an athletic big. Uh, we haven't even played Bender this year yet in the regular season at all. I just seen them in the street clothes uh, on the bench. Not one minute had been played by Bender this year. Uh, and what he showcased in the re- in the preseason, I mean, it was him w- shooting threes like your boy uh, Stay Ready used to uh, end all, uh, who's now the Detroit Pistons. Yes, Don Maker. Um, but I just think that coach Bud is, is making a mistake by not playing DJ Wilson enough. Now, last night, surprisingly enough, uh, in the first half against the Utah jazz coach, Bud did put in DJ Wilson, he put in, uh, Sterling Brown and DiVincenzo all that once in the very beginning of the first half in where, I think he was trying to find a little spark there because the first half, the Bucks just looked absolutely uh, terrible. Um, I, I saw no sets uh, from a two-point strategy standpoint. I saw nothing but them letting it fly. And to me, that's kind of a lazy – it was a lazy effort at that. Uh, second half was a little bit more energy. They made the run. Uh, came up short, obviously. But I don't know. I think Coach Bud is trying to figure – figure it out yeah and utah is a house of horrors for the bucks anyway it's either phoenix and utah you might as well chalk up an l i don't know what it is with those two cities but uh, they just don't do well there not at all not at all um and then sterling brown um i mean this year so far i mean he is uh, averaging six minutes less than last year. 
uh, averaging 4.5 points a game this year. Um, so I don't know. I think they're trying to figure out who's going to be the combination that really matches up or fulfills the void left by Brogdon. Uh, is it going to be two-person tag team or is it going to be a three-person tag team? But nonetheless, the minutes are going to be uh, spread out there. Um, I don't know. I just think that when we really think about what the Bucks did in terms of letting Brogdon go, ultimately it was because of the upcoming Supermax extension to Giannis. They had to let the money go. Uh, they didn't want to get into the, uh, the penalty there, the luxury tax penalty. Uh, so they had to go ahead and let Brogdon go. But, man, we are just missing a lot right now um, out of Brogdon. Yes, and you may – it could also be something behind the scenes from a leadership standpoint as well where he did things that we didn't see that may have gotten the team in line. I don't know. It's, it's just his demeanor too where he's just so calm that it seemed from an outsider's perspective that everything was always under control. And not to say they weren't doing some of the things they're, they're doing now last year, but they didn't have to worry about that. Now they're trying to fill guys in and try to figure that out. And I think by the quarter, the first quarter of the season, they'll be fine, but it's going to take some stabilization. Yeah. And you know, here's the interesting thing. I want to get your thoughts on this, Danny. You had, um, you have Coach Bud, who is a who came out of the Spurs organization, Coach Popovich, right? Mm-hmm. We all know the story about Kawhi. When Kawhi left the Spurs, went to Toronto, he yep. did his thing in Toronto, in where he was he was no longer in the system, mm-hmm. the system. He Kawhi was able to showcase more what skills he had. Yeah, it seems familiar to what. Brogdon is doing now with the Pacers. Here you have the Bucks in their system, right? Yep. Brogdon is no longer in that system, and he's, you know, doing some big things with the Indiana Pacers. Yes, he is. So is it a system <laughs> Is it a system thing? Which, which makes me wonder, okay, DiMincenzo, Connington, Wesley Matthews, Sterling Brown, since you were in the system, you're restricted, but if you were to leave – how good of a player will, will you be or will you become? Yeah. I mean, because looking at Brogdon, man, I heard, I heard last night while I was flipping through the channels, it's going in between, you know, different games. You know what one of the commentators said from the Pacers? What's that? They, they said, listen, we have Brogdon. The Bucks gave up uh, a first round pick and two second round picks. Um, or excuse me, the Pacers gave up for first rounder and two second round picks to get Brogdon. They said that that was a steal, that we could have got more yeah. in that deal. Because what Brogdon is doing right now is absolutely phenomenal for the Pacers. Now, I think our concern was the fact that Brogdon would get injured. Yep. We were afraid of that. But uh, to go back to the Supermax deal to Giannis, I mean, we, were, we had to let something go somebody go so i think the other thing too man a lot of these games that they've lost not only the team chemistry and continuity it's these free throws so a lot of these those games they lost they hit some free throws they win so 
sometimes to your point it's the system and restricting players where they can't necessarily get off the way they should be able to due to coach bud and what he's doing some of it's just fundamentals where you knock down some free throws you knock down some of these shots you should be making from a professional standpoint you win these games no matter what Do you feel that we need to make a trade? I don't think so right now. Once, if they start incorporating other players, then you kind of see what you have. Because if DJ Wilson starts getting minutes and some of these other younger players get minutes, I don't think they need to jump the gun yet. It, who would you trade? Is it Bledsoe? Well, here's, here's the thing. I was, I was going to ask you this too. What do you feel is the value of Ilyusova? <laughs> He's one of those glue guys. I know he isn't doing... A ton yet, but he's not making a ton of money. I don't know. Ursa, I want to say he's making about $7 million a year. He's making $7 million, but in NBA contract terms, it's not a ton. Not a ton. Not a ton. Averaging 6.2 a game. Yeah, and he's one of those dudes that he does things that don't show up in the stat sheet with the charges. and The charges and all. De- help defense and things, so. I have no issue with Ilya Sova. I know he does some things that may make you scratch your head sometimes when you're watching the game, but he's somebody, though, that I think will be key for them in a run because he can hit the three-pointer. Well, I don't know now to, the, to that point. Looking here, uh, Ilya Sova's only averaging, well, let me put it like this, 27.6% from three-point line. He, he's cold right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's cold right now. So you gotta give Ilya Sova some time to warm up, and he'll be all right. All right, I'm just, I'm just thinking. <laughs> listen, here, here are my thoughts on that. Yeah, I go think, ahead. I think, I think we can honestly trade Ilya Sova, and that's where put in DJ Wilson. I think okay. that's where, that's where he would go. Or I, I you really, start limiting Robin Lopez's minutes because he gets a decent amount of minutes so far. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. I should say. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a route to go because when you look at you know, our length. Yeah. I mean, Ilyasova is 6'9". I mean, and then we would replace him with DJ, who right now is, what, listed at 6'10"? Yep. So, and can just as easily shoot a three. And play good defense. And play good defense and is athletic. Yep. That's where I think if we were to make a trade, I think we would make a trade there, package him up with – him and also, gosh, I, I want to keep Connington. I like Devin. I like Devin Tinzo. Sterling Brown may be that one who I like. Sterling Brown too, though, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's gonna be tough to do it, man. Right now, I just think unless something dramatic happens, if they're winning sixty to seventy percent of their games, they're not doing anything. It's a long season. I agree, Ilya Silva could be the one that they could move, but what are they gonna get back? Second round pick. Mm-hmm. But, which may be the thing they need to do um, based on what you're saying. So we'll see if Coach Bud changes his ways because a few people have mentioned that on the radio as well about his rotation. Yeah, rotation. That's something is, we observe too where it's like, yeah. where, where are the young young guys at? Yeah, exactly. And I'll just say this, you know, Kyle Korver, uh, he can shoot lights out, but you know what? His defense is is horrid. <laughs> There's a few times yeah. it, it where I was like, man, where in the hell is the defense on this? Oh, there's, there's Kyle Corver. <laughs> that, 
just let him go. <laughs> so, well, so, they I mean, didn't bring him here to be a, a lockdown defender, I'll tell you that. <laughs> he's, he's just he's, they need that, that dead eye shooter from the three point range and we sacrificed that defense, boy, because whew. <laughs> but Kyle Corr was what, thirty seven years old and, and thirty eight. Thirty eight. And so that in NBA terms, that is listen, that is old. We'll see what happens with these Bucks. Um, uh, I believe there's gonna have to be a trade made um by the trade deadline to get another piece. Um what that piece is, I don't know. And you know they, they're not afraid to do that. No, Which definitely not afraid year. to do that. Definitely not afraid to do that. I don't see them getting no um, Chris Paul, CP3. I don't see that. I know Chris Paul has indicated uh, he did want to come to the Bucks. I don't see that happening because his contract is is outrageous, and we are trying to sign Giannis to that supermax. Um, so I don't know. I would say this too. We got to talk about Giannis here. Here's my opinion so far. Giannis is doing his thing. I think the ball is in his hands too much. I think he's he's bringing the ball up way too much. What's lacking and what I noticed even in last night's game against Utah, it just wasn't enough sets for me to get two pointers. It just wasn't. To me, no ball, put, no ball movement at all. No ball movement. To me, put the ball in the hands of Bledsoe, George Hill, who's been phenomenal for us, man. Yes, he I, has. Oh man, he's been he's been great. But put the ball in the hands of Bledsoe and or DiVincenzo and or Chris Melton. Run some sets, some action for Giannis. Get Giannis to do some mid range jumpers. Even though last night he hit a couple of threes, but get him to the point of doing some mid range jumpers, and I think that will open things up even more. Uh, and then give Giannis the chance to settle down and relax a little bit, uh, not put so much focus in on him because otherwise he's just going to wear down. Uh, I think they need to make some adjustments from that standpoint too. Uh, I noticed last year Giannis started off the ball in, the hand, in his hands. Then they started running some more action. I think that's going to happen again this year. I hope that's going to happen again this year. Uh, but that's another thing that I noticed uh, on top of Giannis just missing – uh, free throws. Yep. And I think to your point, him taking that when he gets banged around and then he gets later in the games, his free throws don't go because he has no legs. He has no legs. And they're going to be hacking the heck out of him too, knowing he is not going to make but 50% of the free throws most, most times in the fourth quarter, it seems like. Right. Obviously, right. he shoots a better percentage than that, but that's what it feels when he gets up there. You're like, at least hit one. So that's where I agree. I think he needs that mid-range game where he's not taking a pounding down low because, you know, teams are going at him trying mm-hmm. to hack, doing hack-a-shack kind of thing. Yep, agreed there. Agreed there. Well, on to the next set, Minton, where the trading card scenario – uh, Danny, go ahead and uh, introduce the uh, the trading card scenario here. For this show, our trading card scenario is, speaking of Giannis, a Giannis rookie card for 
Kevin Garnett, his rookie card. And we're looking at it. I'm looking at this trade scenario from current value, knowing what KG did over his 21-year career and what Giannis has done through his first seven years. You have the rookie cards. Who do you want to trade for in that scenario? Hmm. So let's see here. KG came right into the NBA straight from high school. Yes. Giannis obviously was in Greece, played pro, drafted by the Bucks. KG had a lethal 15-footer on the side, on the wing there. They always picked, picked and rolled or picked and popped in that area, and that's what I was hoping Giannis could develop at this point in time. Uh, that's where Coach Bud needs to come into play there, but I digress. Um, <laughs> man, Giannis is just so dominant on the inside, man. Mm-hmm. Will Giannis la- – will- let me ask you this. Will Giannis go 21 years? But he has to develop that outside game. And for those who do not know, Kevin Garnett did work with Giannis when Jason Kidd was the coach. You notice Giannis had that little me. He also bug. worked with Stay Ready, where Stay Ready got traded <laughs> <for> Pistons. <laughs> for those who don't know, Stay Ready, Thon Maker was Danny's uh, favorite, but I digress. I think he, he can have some longevity, but he has to de- develop the game outside so he's not taking the pounding. Developing a fadeaway jumper, developing that pull up jumper. That free throw line extended. Both are league MVPs. Yes. Um, so some stats for, for Kevin Garnett. He made 15 All-Star games in his career. He was the league MVP once. He made All-NBA nine times. All-Defensive team nine times. Defensive player of the year once. And he led the league in rebounding four times. Wow. That is um... just a quick bio on Mm-hmm. Kevin Garnett, 2010 and five. That's how he got down back in the day. <laughs> and then we have, of course, uh, Giannis, uh, reigning league MVP. Mm-hmm. One NBA, all NBA first team, all defensive first team once, not a defensive player of the year, not a rebounding leader. Giannis is his, Giannis's, uh, rookie card is more valuable than KG's rookie card. At this particular moment in time, the reason why I say that is because Giannis is known globally. Giannis came from Greece. Every everywhere Giannis goes, and Bucks fans knows this. Uh, for those who don't, everywhere Giannis goes after each game, uh, majority of the games, he uh, has a crowd waiting for him. And that crowd is basically uh, folks who came from Greece or has um, Greek ties. And he takes pictures with them, chants with them. Uh, they sing their national anthem. And this is after a game. And it's been known, especially in New York. Man, when you have that global recognition and, and you're a phenom and your work ethic is on par with KG's. Mm-hmm. I may have to go with the value of the card. Yep. And I'm going with Giannis. I would take Giannis's rookie card. I'm not saying that just because, you know, Bucks fan or what have you. I'm looking at the value of that card and the hopes that Giannis gets a championship ring like KG did. Yep. Uh, 
even more so than what KG did. Keep in mind, KG obviously left. He got traded, you know, from the T Wolves to the Celtics. Joined up with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, another former Buck. Yep, and they became the big three. Giannis mm-hmm. is doing it the way where he's like, man, damn all that. I'm trying to get this ring right here, right now with yep. the Milwaukee Bucks and every and the and the franchise is on my shoulders. I'm I'm, I'm taking that Giannis card, man. First thing, Garnett was traded, so he didn't do the LeBron thing. He was traded to Boston, so he wasn't free agent. When you think about it, Kevin Garnett, Giannis is trying to get to that, what Kevin Garnett is, that all around, he fills the stat sheet every night because Garnett, who played in the West too, struggled a lot and then finally got over the hump where they made it to the Western Conference Finals, and then they got blew out by the Lakers. From a talent standpoint, taking the trading card out just for a second, I would take KG over Giannis due to his all-around game because he can score, he can shoot, he can rebound, pass, steals. Obviously with the defensive teams, he had the dog in him. Yeah, he did. So if you went to a game, for those of you who've never seen Kevin Garnett live in person. Oh, man, he was awesome. He was awesome. A lot of people cringed to just do the amount of cussing he would do. But he was just – hyping himself up and hyping his team up and i never watched a game where you saw him where he had, he didn't have the energy level he brought it every night he had and a motor where, on him yeah say that again jay he, he had a motor on him yeah i mean he brought it every single night like you said and that's where with this tracing error was very interesting because i see Giannis ultimately becoming KG and surpassing KG. From a trading cards perspective, I have to agree with you from a value standpoint, just due to Giannis being the global icon. I think it's close, closer than you may think, as far as value, possibly, just due to KG's career. But ultimately, I would also take Giannis in this uh, trade scenario. So if you presented it to me, I would say, I'm not taking KG. From a car perspective, give me Giannis. <laughs> well, I, I would say this too, to your point, though, about KG, the cussing, people may cringe or what have you. Just the, the perception that people have of KG versus that of even Giannis. I mean, let's think about this, man. Giannis, uh, a kid who'd never been to uh, America, comes over and his work ethic alone, this constantly in the gym, constantly wanting to get better, brings his family over. It is a story that is actually, at this point in time, is going to be uh, shot. Uh, My understanding is that Disney has a contract for his story, and they're actually going to do a film on his story right now. Um, Not only that, but you're looking at um, Nike, just releasing his first shoe. And my understanding is he's like the first international player to, uh, for Nike to release a shoe uh, of this, of this magnitude and everything. And so, so listen, man, I'm taking Giannis rookie card just because of the value itself and the trajectory that that card will have. The story's not over. 
Nope. And if he does anything close to what KG put up from the milestones and everything that I, I read off earlier, it'll be, it'll be insane. But yeah, I would, I wanted to take KG because I'm a real big, big fan of KG. But in this scenario, from a value perspective, I'm not getting ripped off. And I almost want to say this. Uh, listen, if Giannis were to retire right now, I can almost see Giannis in the Hall of Fame right now. This is the and this is the basketball Hall of Fame. The reason why I said that MVP already. He was a most improved player. See, if he if he made it to the NBA championship finals, mm-hmm. then I agree with you. But since he hasn't done that yet, I can't give it to him yet. Mm, okay. Okay. So Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.